All right. Welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are in partnership with Black and Gold Hockey Productions, LLC. You're here today with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew and James Lindroth. Dad, how are you today? Doing well, Andrew, and we have a guest returning. I love when we have guests that return to the podcast because we get to uh, go a little bit more in depth uh, that we didn't have time for the last time. So uh, tell us who we have today, Andrew. Yeah, so today we're, we're excited to have a familiar face with us on the show today, Kevin Tanzi. Um, Kevin is currently a pro hockey player and also owns a, a company called Impactive CBD. So today we're going to first catch up on his hockey season thus far, recapping a little bit of his career as well in case people missed it. And dad, off the top of your head, what was it? You said episode 58 was the last time we had Kevin on about a year yeah, ago. We did almost a year to the day, January 2022. So episode 58. Well, we also wanted to do a uh, deep dive into uh, the company Impact of CBD. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about the products too that Kevin um, is a part of and trying to get out to, to the world. And I uh, own and operate a dispensary myself. So we have been in business with Kevin and sells products there as well. So we'll dive deep into that, talk a little bit about it. Um, so without further ado, Kevin, thanks for coming on the show today, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me back. Always uh, happy to talk with you fellas. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. So Kevin, just go ahead and fill us in first real quick with the fans um, on the team, league that you're playing in this season, how it's going so far. Talk to us a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I am currently playing in the Danish Hockey League, which is the Metal League. And it's been a pretty good season so far. We've uh, had a good season with our team. It's a great group of guys. We have the most fans at our games in the league. So that's always fun to play in front of a packed building. And we're currently sitting one point out of first place. And uh, I'd say we have a real opportunity to make a run at a championship this year, which is a really exciting thing to happen when you play a sport for, for a living. I, I don't have a professional title under my belt yet. And so it would uh, certainly be nice to get a championship. Now, last time we talked, I think I could be wrong. I thought you were playing in the Czech League, but you you moved on to Denmark, correct? Yeah. So last year I split between Slovakia and Czech, where I was in Slovakia for the first half of the year. And I had a really good first half where I had, I think it was like nine goals and five assists in 20 games. So I got a, a promotion to the Czech League, which is a little bit tougher league. Um, pretty, pretty cool experience to play there. Got to play against some, some pretty amazing players. It was played against, uh, David Krejci played against Yarmir Yager, which was insane. Um, first time I really ever got butterflies playing against another guy. It was, uh, pretty crazy. We played against him on his 50th birthday and, uh, I actually scored a goal on his 50th birthday in his ring. So that was, a uh, a pretty, uh, pretty cool accomplishment for me. Um, got to play against uh thomas placanets too um played with uh peter mueller who was a, a pretty big stud back in the world junior days for team usa and played 300 nhl games so it's uh it was a really cool season but i am currently in the danish league this year and uh enjoying it very much yeah so talk to us a little bit about like even like a yager at age 50 or krejcic who's lighting it up for the bruins over here um what sets them apart? Is it speed? Is it strength? Is it just hockey IQ? Well, for Yager, it's certainly not speed anymore. Being 50 years old is uh, 
he's not as fast as he once was, but holy geez, when, when this guy got the puck, it was, you, you can't take the puck from him still. He's, he's an all time best at protecting the puck. And whenever he has it on his stick, he makes the best possible play out there. It was, it was really, really incredible to play against him. He, I mean, his mind was, his life just revolves around hockey really still at 50 years old. I mean, to be still be playing while well, he's 51 now, I guess, and still playing. So um, to be, to be that age and still be able to play against guys who are in their early mid twenties and early thirties is uh, pretty incredible. So his hockey IQ is is definitely something that just puts him off the charts and allows him to still be able to play. Um, and then when you see David Krejci out there, I mean, it's, it's everything. I mean, he's, he's one of the best players in the NHL right now. And the fact that he went home just to play for his hometown team, I think he had a sense that he wanted to go back and, and do something for his city, which was a uh, pretty, pretty cool to see and, and be a part of and play against him. But he was really dominant too. You know, those guys, whenever they have the pocket, the whole game just slows down. Like it's whenever someone else has the puck, who's a good player, you're just like, all right, like he's got the puck, I can control it. But when someone the likes of like David Krejci or Yager has the puck, it's like, all right, like we got to be on our guard. Like this is a very dangerous hockey player and we got to make sure that we're, we got all our bases covered. So what is uh, the main differences uh, for, for listeners that may not know, we haven't had too many guests that come on the show that have played in uh, Czechs, uh, Czech league, Slovakian league, or even in Denmark per se. How would you compare the leagues to an ECHL, North American, or even anywhere else that you've played? Skill level-wise, speed, you know, the, the ice as well. How would you compare it all? Well, it's it's always interesting when you compare the leagues. Um, I've played in I've played in four leagues over here now, uh, the other one being the Austrian league. And the Czech league is definitely the strongest league that I've played in over here. That's pretty compar- comparable to uh, the American League with just how tight checking it is. You know, games are often 3-2, 2-1. Your power play or penalty kill or, or what win you and lose your games typically in that league where, you know, you have those those amazing players like Krejci and Placanitz and Yager who, who can just take over a game in, in that kind of skilled and controlled environment where you have a power play. Um, and then the Slovakian League was... The Slovakian league is, is was different. It wasn't really like the coast or the American league. It, it was so wide open. Um, in general, I would say that was where the biggest ice surfaces were as well. Where I played in Košice was, it was the biggest ice surface in Europe, um, I believe. And it was it was like playing on an ocean out there. Every time you got the puck, you had like five seconds with it. So games were wide open uh very different from the Czech league where scores were often seven five or six four or stuff like that where it's very run and gun just lots of goals lots of entertainment and uh, lots of fun honestly that was hockey wise it was probably one of the more fun leagues that I've played in and then the Danish league I would say is pretty comparable to the coast in terms of uh there's there's the top two lines are are pretty pretty top up there. And then there's a little bit more discrepancy when you come to the the second or the third and fourth line where it's often younger players who are Danish, who, you know, they're just kind of being brought up through the system. who don't quite have the experience. And I, I feel like that's pretty similar to the coast in a lot of ways where you, 
you know, you have guys on NHL contracts who are 19, 20, who can't quite cut it in the American league yet. So you put them there to develop and um, yeah, there, there's definitely some similarities, but overall the European game is less rough and there's not, I mean, I think I've, there's in the games that I've played over here in my four years, there's been one fight that I've seen and I was the guy who was fighting. So it's, there's not, not much fighting over here, but there's still a good amount of body contact. So I do want to shift uh, to the CBD because this is something that when we spoke a year ago, um, this was all sort of in process and you were getting ready with a, with a new um, sort of uh, innovation with the CBD creams um, and want to talk a little bit more about that, but how do you get interested in this? And again, you can uh, kind of take it after I'll, I'll kind of throw the intro. So hopefully I get this right. You're at Clarkson and you actually get attacked and bludgeoned where you actually had your skull cracked and you ended up in a coma and, uh, and obviously dealing with that and getting back to playing hockey you got addicted to painkillers and there was a long struggle with that, which then led you on this road to trying to figure out how you can get off of the uh, painkillers. So uh, if that's sort of a accurate statement, take it from there, Kevin. Yeah. So it was at my time at Clarkson, but it was while I was home for the summer. So it actually happened in Ottawa. It was okay. just an innocent Tuesday night. It wasn't even like I was part or anything, just wrong place, wrong time going to my car and essentially a whole month of my life is a complete blur where I don't really remember anything. Uh, like you said, I was attacked with a blunt object. I had my skull cracked. I had a brain bleed, which resulted in me losing my sense of smell, which I still don't have to this day. And I also had three ribs broken and my shoulder was ripped out of its socket. And I required surgery from that. Um, and it, it was a really, it was a really tough time in my life. Obviously, when you go through a trauma like that, and you're uncertain of, of what's going to happen, because for a couple of days, not that I remember this, because I was in a coma or out, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't sure that I was going to survive even. Um, so there were, there were a lot of questions up in the air. I lost seventy pounds while I was in the hospital just from being on bed rest for that long. And yeah, I, I, I guess at the time, all of these what ifs that were going on in my mind were causing me a ton of stress, a ton of anxiety. I didn't know, let alone if I would be able to play hockey again, I didn't know if I was gonna be the same again because I was mentally not myself, mentally incapac incapacitated where for about a month, I was, I, you know, I'd wake up and I would think I'm going to school today where I would, you know, grab a piece of paper that was by my hospital bed and I would just start walking down the hallway and be like, oh, I'm going to class. Or, you know, I would, I would have stories where I would say like, oh, this person visited me from, from Florida today where I was just, you know, stuff was going on in my mind where when you suffer a, a head trauma that severe that, you, I mean, you don't really know what the heck is going on. Um, and I, I just was all over the place mentally. And in that time I was, I was aggressive too, just because that is often a repercussion of concussions where um, I actually dislocated my shoulder 
17 times while I was in hospital because I was, you know, I, I would think I was going to school and then nurses would try to stop me and I would just kind of try to rumble around and kind of like push back and be like, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to class or I'm going to practice and be like, no, you're in the hospital. And I wouldn't accept it. And, you know, one morning I was just fortunate enough to really like wake up kind of and be me again, where I had just somehow had become myself again. And that was when the road to recovery started. And that was when I started thinking and putting my, my mindset back to playing hockey. And, um, when I first started thinking that I think the reaction by everybody, but myself was like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like you're, you just, you just escaped with your life here. Like you had, you had your skull cracked, you, you had a brain bleed and like, that's something that let alone people don't often survive, but return to a full contact sport and intend to do that professionally. I, I don't know if that's, I mean, I can't state for a fact if that's ever happened before, but I, I don't, I've never heard of anybody having the kind of injuries that I've had and then returning to play. So when I started to see doctors with the intention of them clearing me, the first one that I had basically said like are are you crazy like you can't go back to a full contact sport obviously he didn't say are you crazy but his his initial reaction was like no you probably shouldn't do this and that really put me in a downspin um where i you know as a 19 year old at the time i that was all i ever knew right it was hockey i was you know i was always one of the top players in, in my age group i was um, on the top team every single year, whether that be double A or triple A, getting drafted to junior A, getting drafted to the OHL, getting a scholarship. It was, it was my life. Um, and kind of still is. And I, when that was a possibility of me being taken away from hockey, um, I, I turned to the stuff that I'd been given in hospitals, which were some painkillers. And I, you know, I, I remembered sort of what they made me feel like at the beginning. And at first when I was taking them in the hospital, I didn't like them because it was, it was like a numbing feeling. It was kind of like a fog. It was me not being myself, but I had to deal with the pain somehow. And so I, I, you know, I tried to just muck it through the pain, but once I got this news from the doctor that I, you know, probably my hockey career should be done. I remembered how those painkillers could just kind of let me escape. And that was something that I just kind of wanted to go back to because I, I, I didn't have the emotional capacity to, to deal with the, what was going on in my life at the time. Um, you know, I, I was broken. I was, you know, I was, I was damaged. I was mentally unstable. And so I, I turned to that and, um, you know, at, at the time, I, I the word addiction is is always one of those things that I'm like, I'm like, you know, it wasn't like I was waking up every day and taking them. It was just kind of like when I was in a bad place mentally, I remember what this would make me feel like. And I would take a couple or, you know, if we'd be going out drinking and I had access to them, I would I would take, you know, a couple of, of pills or, or some kind of painkiller to make me forget what had happened because I, I wasn't dealing with it in the right way. And essentially I, after probably like two or three years, I kind of figured like, 
this isn't the way that I, you know, can live a healthy lifestyle. And, um, you know, I kept, I kept all this to myself pretty much. Like I didn't, I didn't really tell anybody, um, really like I just kind of did it on my own and I didn't see it as a problem because I was just, you know, like, Oh, this, this helps me forget. This helps me go to a, a place where I don't think about this. And to me, that was, that was a solution. And eventually I, you know, started seeing, I was distancing myself from everybody. I was distancing myself from my friends. I was, you know, being a shell of who I was just kind of shut down and emotionless. And I realized that that was kind of just a terrible way to keep living. So I, I was fortunate enough where I was able to kind of buckle down and, and get myself healthy with, uh, you know, supportive friends and family, which was really key for me. Although they didn't really know what I was going through, they knew I was going through something just because I was not who I used to be. And then my first year pro came around. And by then I was, I was, you know, I was fine. I wasn't taking anything anymore, but at the same time, it was then that I realized that like, holy crap, like the stuff that I was given for, for, you know, three broken bones and a torn up shoulder and being in a coma is given to guys so easily for, you know, after a game or after, you know, a small injury where there wasn't really any other products that were there to help them through injuries besides like T3s or, you know, Oxy or Ambient to get to sleep. It was, uh, it, there was really a need for something healthy for athletes to be able to use. And that's where we sparked the, the idea for Impactive because it was also that year that I was introduced to CBD and I fell in love right away. I was like, holy crap, like I, I can use this without having to feel the THC effects or, you know, I can deal with my bumps, my bruises in a way that is not going to hurt me down the line or not going to numb me completely or, or anything like that. So that was kind of like the spark spark idea where athletes need this athletes need a way to be able to recover without having the residual effects that painkillers have. So Kevin talking about the CBD, then, you know, obviously, as you just discussed, CBD is the non-psychoactive compound of the uh, marijuana plant, um, which just means it doesn't get you high, as you were saying, that doesn't give you any brain fog or any anxiety. So I know that I'm sure that there are people <clears throat> listening to this that struggle with pain pills or maybe struggle with addiction in general. But let's say it's kind of in your case where you had the pain pills because you needed it at the time. And uh, at some point, you know, you kind of feel like you have to have something this powerful, Right. So a lot of people don't think that maybe CBD could work because you're not getting that. Oh, I'm getting effed up type feeling where it really puts you out. I'm sure some of those um, oxy pills are so powerful. But talk to us about the CBD and how even though it has it's non psychoactive, <clears throat> how it did provide relief and how it actually can be and is a good substitute towards something as powerful as oxys. Because I know a lot of people have questions to me where they say, you know, if it doesn't get you quote unquote high in some sort of way, how could it work? But it does. So essentially our bodies have an endocannabinoid system where 
we have these cells in our body that react to CBD and we kind of make them on our own and our neurotransmitters in our body react to the cells of CBD and they help as an anti-inflammatory. And in that way, they help with pain. They can help with anxiety. They can help with inflammation. And of course, I'm not saying that CBD is the, the one thing that cures all, but for me, at least it was, it was a really huge part in realizing that there is other things out there to deal with pain and to deal with anxiety and to deal with not being able to sleep because of nightmares that I had, or, you know, just the anxiety in my head that, you know, who, who's out there? Like, why did this happen to me? Why? Like, was it something that I did? Because the fact that no one was ever found, we never found out who did this to me. So that was also something that haunted me and kept me up a lot at night and, cause me some nightmares and still every now and then, you know, I'll get a, I'll get a nightmare from it. Um, and CBD was just a big part of a recipe for me to be able to turn everything around where I also needed to kind of buckle down myself and realize that there's more than just, okay, I'm taking CBD now. Everything's fine. I needed to change the way I was dealing with things mentally. I started seeing a therapist. I started, you know, drinking less and just paying attention to overall healthy or ways to live my life. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I stand by CBD until the day I die, I'll be taking it because it really, it really turned everything around for me and like really helps be, like I said, a huge part in that recipe for me to, to live a more healthy lifestyle. Now, of course, you see medical marijuana and the THC component start to become more popular, more widely recognized and accepted. But the CBD has been really um, blowing up even more. You see it now, um, even in MMA with UFC fighters or even, you know, other other leagues as well. You know, I know the NHL and there's other NFL players and people pushing CBD products. I noticed that you have gotten uh, more professional athletes recently to endorse your product that are on the website. If you go and see that and their own testimony, because um, they personally take it as well. Do you think that uh, maybe in the future, there's a way that impact of CBD could, or maybe just companies with CBD in general can team up with these big pro leagues to maybe start to maybe prescribe more CBD and things rather than just going straight to a, a painkiller or something. Do you see that in the future where these leagues are going to recognize it, maybe start to partner up with CBD companies, even like yourself? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I do. And it's already starting to happen. Uh, the major league baseball just became the first league to officially have a sponsor that's CBD. And that was huge for, for the industry just because the science is there and it's it's always it's always fighting that stigma of oh this is just weed oh you're just a stoner and you know that doesn't really correlate to the average person and seeing a stoner with professional athletes because we're all taught that you know professional athletes are you know we're all like they don't do that kind of stuff like it's not but in real in reality it's it's you know you have ex NFL players ex NHL players ex all kinds of league players who are starting to come out and say that, you know, this, this is what helped me. You know, you have Michael Phelps, who's arguably one of the greatest, arguably the greatest athlete in American history. 
who, you know, a long time ago was caught with uh, a picture of him smoking a bong. And, you know, he basically said, whatever, like, that's, that's how I get through my pain. That's how I get through anxiety of being, you know, this huge image. And it's, you know, people are starting to understand the science behind it better. And the stigma is going down. We also are seeing um, minor league sports teams. We're talking to a couple of minor league ECHL teams uh, about becoming sponsors in the next few weeks here, which is really exciting for us. We also have seen a couple of marijuana and CBD companies becoming sponsors or uh, partners with um, professional athlete associations like they're the PHPA, which is the professional hockey, um, the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, the association of the players that takes care of them, they're sponsoring and working with CBD and, and cannabis companies. So it's only a matter of time, we think until leagues full on, just go, go with it and take advantage of the healthy benefits that it has. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of this is, is changing, uh, especially, I mean, I'm 54 and, um, not, you know, never been into, uh, uh, marijuana in, in any way, shape or form, but, um, I do get to say taking some of the CBD for, um, you know, uh, a really bad sore muscle or what have you. And I mentioned it off here too. My wife's actually trying, um, your product, the roll on, uh, for things that she's dealing with, with her neck, as far as muscles and things like that. And, um, you know, finding great relief. So what is the next big thing for impactive CBD? Can you uh, give us any, uh, any previews? Yeah. So as of right now, we only have the one, st- the roll on stick, which is 500 milligrams of CBD. And in the near future, quite near, um, we're going to be releasing a gel, which will be uh, like a kind of sort of like a toothpaste kind of tube where you just squirt it out and put it on your muscle. That'll be a thousand milligrams of CBD. So double the strength. And our stuff is made in, you know, laboratories that's, uh, you know, everything is is legal and FDA approved and um, has all the certifications that they need to in, in terms of, of government stuff. And we're also going to be releasing lossages as well, which are oh. our hope is to help players with sleep and anxiety because another big component of why we're doing this is when I was in the coast or the American league, it was, you know, it was ambience like, Oh, you, you play three games in three days and you're in three different cities while you're doing it you're living that whole weekend on a bus. And sometimes if you're fortunate enough, your team might have a sleeper bus, but oftentimes in the minor leagues, you're just sleeping on a coach bus. You're busing 12 hours after a game, sometimes five hours, sometimes 15 hours. And you, you need something to sleep. It's, it's not easy to sleep on a bus, especially when your body has just gone through an intense workout for the last three hours. I mean, Often myself, I, if I play a game at seven o'clock, I'll be home by 10 o'clock and I often can't fall asleep until two 30 at night, just because, you know, my adrenaline's still pumping, um, from the game. So we're, uh, we're really excited to be releasing those next couple of products to just, you know, bolster our, our product line and help even more athletes. So Kevin, I know that, uh, we've got a pretty big, uh, 
time zone difference right now. It's it's a nice, beautiful afternoon for us here, but I know it's late there for you. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but before you go, Kevin, I do want to um, have you talk to the fans a little bit, kind of give them an idea of if you have one, but Impactive CBD is going to be a huge brand, in my opinion, like I, I mentioned before. Uh, my my dispensary, Elevated Apothecary in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, carries your products, your roll-on. Um, it does very well. Um, we're still going to try and get in with the athletes over at the university there. Um, but it's going to blow up soon, right, Kevin? We're, we're just going to stay on the optimistic side. And you may not have time to do it because I don't even know how you've had time to do pro hockey, run this business. I mean, you're a very busy guy. Do you have any idea when it's time to maybe hang up the skates? Do you have a couple more years in you? I understand if you don't have an answer yet, but I mean, uh, this business is starting to get pretty big, man. Yeah, um, it's it, it is. It's been really fun to watch it kind of blow up. We're uh, you know we're in a lot more talks with with companies and and retailers now than we were even you know two months ago. And people are starting to realize that, you know, this is a sustainable way to deal with kinds of problems that in the past, there wasn't really the science behind it to back it. But now that it's all coming out, um, we have really started to, to start snowballing here. We've, we've recently agreed to um, a couple of, of major or semi-major chains in the U.S. that can't disclose all the information yet, but um, there's a, a couple of, of chains that have made some pretty significant orders. And uh, I can't say 100% for sure because you can't tell the future always, but I'm, I'd am i say I'm about 98% sure that this will be my last season. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate to play seven years pro so far, get a university degree for free for playing the game that I love. And, you know, I've, I've been a part of the game since... I was born basically like I, I started playing when I was four years old. You know, my parents were always hockey fans. My brother was playing before I was playing. And, um, you know, I've been really fortunate to be able to live my dream out of being a professional athlete for this long. And um, personally, I, you know, at the beginning, my dream was always to play in the NHL, which is, everyone's dream as a professional athlete, you want to be at the top level. But once I realized that, you know, I, I, I'm still living my dream, even though I never made it to the NHL and I've accomplished a lot in my career, I've scored, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a career of about, I think I'm around 350 professional games now where I've scored a goal in I think eight different countries um, you know, I've, I've been on some really good teams. I've been on some really bad teams. I've played against some of the greatest players to ever play the game. Uh, this year, actually, I actually got my first hat trick and I also scored my first overtime winner. So those are a couple more accolades that I'm pretty proud of. And I think, uh, you know, we're, we're hunting for a championship this year. And if I could finish it off with a championship, that would be a cherry on top. But I, at this point with, the injuries I've gone through um, in my career, whether that be the assault included or just injuries all throughout my life. I've broken about 10 bones. I've had two surgeries. I've had four concussions. I've dislocated shoulders and thumbs for a total of about, uh, I think 21 times about um, and I've had close to 75 stitches. So 
my body has been through a lot. And I think for me now it's, it's time to just acknowledge that I had a realization where I found something that helped me get through the pain and I've had friends and teammates who have fallen victim the same way I have to uh, painkillers and opioids that have the same properties that they're, they're just, they're just not there for longevity of life. They're not healthy for you long, long term if you take them. And I had that realization. And I think after this season, I'm probably most definitely going to focus on impactive and really pushing that narrative and try to be, you know, a, a bit of a thorn in in the side of leagues and trying to say like, look, athletes need this, you know, athletes need this and focus my, my dream somewhere else where it'll be to help athletes and help people not grow addicted to stuff because they have an option for a more healthy alternative to, to what's out there right now. So that's, that'll be my focus going forward after, after this year, like I said, it's not a hundred percent sure yet because nothing's ever hundred percent sure, but barring some kind of crazy event happening, I, I would say that this will probably be my last season. Well, of course, you know, as, as I own a dispensary and, and my dad has kind of been following and learning with me the past few years about all this stuff, we'll, we'll always be now supporters of CBD, medical marijuana, and all the other things. So, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on uh, today, taking the time to explain everything, educating the masses a little bit more about this stuff. And uh, we uh, will continue to follow your uh, the rest of the hockey season this year, man. We hope that you take home uh, first pro gold, man, for you. That would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I really, really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, and it's, it's friends and, and people like you guys that are, that are, you know, really, really help us get out and do the things we love, whether it's supporting your local team or being there and helping, you know, small startup companies like us and, and really helping us pursue our dream to, to change stuff that really, really make a big difference. And I can't say how appreciative I am for you guys and, and everybody who's helped us for, you know, supporting me in my hockey career, supporting me in my, my business career. And it's, you know, it means the world and it, you know, it's, it's touching to see people get behind what we're trying to do. And, and uh, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thank you. Best of luck. Well, man. Yeah. Best of luck. We'll thank say you. goodbye on air. So officially, man, we appreciate you, Kevin. And you have a great day, brother.